0: Hey there, future friends, this week, our bibbity bobbidi boop gets a slight delay and a princess becomes a king. This is the week of December 18th, 2020, and this is episode 189 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show, that is right, you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, which makes me your host, Billiam. We're here with another show, one more episode closer to that wonderful 200 mark. I would have been substantially closer, maybe even have made it if I didn't take so many weeks off this year, but you know what, sometimes you need it. And speaking of days off, or episodes off, there's not going to be a new episode this uh, next week. Obviously there's an episode this week. But next week, there will not be a new episode, because leading up to Christmas, Anne and I want to get all of the Christmas movie watching in, all of the the movies, all of the snacks, all of the holiday goodness, so when January rolls around and I have to eat salads again, well, at least I made it worth it. And because of that, because there's no new episode next week, what I think I'm going to do or what I know I'm going to do, I don't know why I said think, is I'm changing the movies around. We're still going to be talking about Godmothered, but instead of the third Christmas Prince movie, which I wasn't really stoked about to talk on the show about because I, I think Christmas Prince 3 was the weakest in the series. In fact, Christmas Prince 3 felt like Christmas Prince fan fiction. You know, nothing wrong with fan fiction. A lot of people like it quite a bit, but... Unless it's exceptional fan fiction, it lacks in something, and that's what this movie felt like. It was just lacking. It felt like, and in fact, it didn't just feel like it. There was no character growth. There was there was no one that really stood out. So instead, Anne and I have just watched Noel, which is also on Disney Plus. So it's a dual Disney Plus week. That was the movie from last year, starring Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader and Shirley MacLaine. So we'll be talking about Godmothered and wrapping it up with Noelle, which is a far better movie than The Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. So yes, my future friends, tell me, how has your holiday movie watching been going? Have you been watching movies? Maybe you don't watch as many movies as we do. We try to cram in so many things, so much new stuff. So far this season, we've watched Jingle Jangle, The Princess Switch, The Princess Switch 2, The Family Stone, which I I don't get the love for. It sucked. The Grinch, that's the 2018 animated one. We also watched The Night Before Christmas, K-N-I-G-H-T, with Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, Four Christmases, A Christmas Prince, Christmas Prince Royal Wedding, and Christmas Prince the Royal Baby, A uh, Godmothered, Christmas Inheritance, and Noel. And there's still plenty of movies we are still going to watch. We're going to watch the first two Home Alones. We're going to watch Elf, of course. You got to watch Elf. going to watch Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, we're going to watch... Oh yes, Christmas Chronicles Part One and Two. There's a Dolly Parton Christmas special that Anne really wants to watch. Maybe Arthur Christmas. Um, what what else? Um, Fred Claus. Oh, I love Fred Claus. One of my new favorites. And you know what? I know that if we don't watch him, or if if I do an episode next week, we won't get to watch all these movies. So taking a week off. And I'm highly considering for the episode that's going to air on. Oh, the 1st, January 1st, 2021, I'm highly considering doing a 2020 look in review, because basically not many movies were seen in theaters by anyone, so I think I'll take that episode to go through my list of all the movies I've seen, and if you you have the app Letterboxed, let me know, and we'll follow each other, it'll be really cool, be like best friends, and it will be wonderful. But I'm on that. That's how I keep track of all of my movies. And I really use it just to keep track of the movies. Because if you re- a lot of reviews on Letterboxd seem like they're from people who wish they were Rotten Tomatoes reviewers. It's like, Jesus, do any of you ass even like movies? So yes, that's probably what I'm going to do for the first episode of next year. So that's in two weeks, which is crazy. 2021 in two weeks. So yes, Letterboxd. If you are on Letterboxd, uh, I think you can search for someone. I'm S W N there as well, like I am in most places. And by the way, if you didn't see, Somewhat Nerdy Radio released another new episode. I feel like it's already Christmas because they have released a 12 Days of Christmas episode, kind of like their 13 Days of Halloween. So now it's 13 or 12 Days of Christmas. Yay. So go check that out. But my future friends, you know what time it is. You know what's going to happen next. You know what is coming, and what is coming is the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Let's start with this news that's troubling to me slightly, is that Chris Pine is set to star in a Dungeons and Dragons movie for Paramount Pictures. While it is not official yet, it's apparently close enough that Variety talked about it, as Chris Pine is currently in negotiations to star in Dungeons and Dragons. The writers and directors are Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who are best known for Game Night, which was the Rachel McAdams-Jason Bateman comedy. Apparently this movie has been in talks for a number of years, and a Originally, Ansel Elgore was considered for the lead role, but now, well, now he's not, and it's Chris Pine, and I think that's a better choice. I do like Ansel Elgore, but Chris Pine's better. And why I'm not too keen about this is because it's a really hard thing to do, because if you do a movie based on Dungeons & Dragons, you have to wonder how to approach it. Are you going to do just a straight fantasy movie that takes place in the Dungeons & Dragons universe? Thus, there's going to be Dungeons and dragons, and beholders, and all the different races, and classes, and all that stuff. Is this going to be a game where, or game, is this going to be a movie where people are playing the game, and we see it, we see it happening, is it going to be a Jumanji kind of thing? Because some of the most obvious ways to do it are just kind of basic, a basic fantasy movie. And the only reason it's Dungeons and Dragons is is because maybe it has some Dungeons and Dragons exclusive things in it, maybe. Or you do honestly base it around a, a session of Dungeons and Dragons, and then it can get just goofy. And we know Chris Pine. We know he can do goofy. We know he can do dramatic. We know he can do action. He can do all this stuff. So who they're choosing doesn't really tell us much about it. If they were saying, oh, this is Dungeons & Dragons starring Danny McBride, then I'll be like, oh, obviously they're going more of a comedy with it. Even though Dan- Danny McBride can do serious, he generally doesn't. Or Dungeons & Dragons starring Jason Statham. It's probably serious, even though he has done comedy. I think about Jason Statham, he was in that Pathfinder movie. I think it was based off Pathfinder, right? No, it was based on Dungeon Siege. In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale <laughs> back in 27... 27, (laughs) 2007, Jesus, I was just scrolling through Jason Statham's IMDb and his first feature length film was Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I mean, Jesus Christ, you just right off the bat started big and then Snatch, uh, Turn It Up, which I'm not familiar with, but then Ghost of Mars and then The One the year after that, The Transporter started, they did Italian job, it just boom, 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 boom. Like apparently he exploded out of nowhere and his character in Spy one of my favorite roles from him of all time. I mean, I like him as Deckard Shaw. I love him as Chev Chelius. I love him as the transporter, but uh, Frank Martin. I I like him as Frank Martin, but God, as Rick Ford, the spy in the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy, it's fantastic. Anyway, my future friends, on to the next story that comes to us from the playlist. The Dark Knight, Shrek, and Hurt Locker, and more join the 2020 class of the National Film Registry. If you're not familiar, every year the Library of Congress picks certain films to join the National Film Registry, which is quite an honor because it means that it's one of the most influential and important films ever released. And no, this doesn't mean they were all like amazing award-winning films, though in this case they were, but it just means that they were very important for cinema as an art form. Every year... The um, every year the Library of Congress picks 25 movies to add to the list, and as of right now, there are 775 film titles included in the National Film Registry, soon to be an even 800. The films added this year, and I'll go over all of them, just the titles, of course. This isn't going to be a two hour long episode. Suspense from 1913, Kid Auto Races at Venice, 1914, Bread, <laughs> Bread, 1918. The Battle of the Century 1927 With a Car and a Camera Around the World 1929 Cabin in the Sky 1943 Outrage 1950 The Man with Golden Arms 1955 Lilies and Lilies of the Field 1936 a Clockwork Orange, 1937, now I'm starting to have seen some of these movies, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, <laughs> I've never heard of that, 1971, What's Tax, W-A-T-T-S-T-A-X, 1973, Grease, 1978, Blues Brothers, 1980, Losing Ground, 1982, Illusions, 1982, the Joy Luck Club 1993, The Devil Never Sleeps 1994, Buena Vista Social Club 1999, The Ground 1993-2001, to 2001. I don't know what that means, Shrek 2001, Monarchia Temple Under Siege 2006, The Hurt Locker and The Dark Knight from 2008, and Freedom Riders from 2010. That's an interesting challenge, wouldn't it? I mean, it will take you quite a number of years and each year it would get harder, but to watch all of the films in the National Film Registry. I mean, come on, my future friends, you're listening to a podcast about movies. So hopefully you watch more than 25 movies a year. I understand not seeing more than 25 in theaters. I get that. But come on, at home you have to. So hey, maybe this is a fun challenge for someone. And my future friends, this story has been picked up by so many outlets and we're not really going to talk about it. I'm just going to bring it up to you. In case you haven't heard, and if you have, let me know your thoughts. Honest to God, let me know your thoughts. This is about Warner Brothers' decision to stream new films in 2021 on HBO Max at the same time as theaters, and apparently there's been a firestorm, a huge resounding what the f*** from the filmmaking industry. The only quote I could find, the only quote I could find that was somewhat positive about this was from Gal Gadot, who says that the idea that people will get to watch her film on Christmas Day warms her heart. Which, good on her. That was a wonderfully, wonderfully non-committal quote to say. It was wonderful. It was the perfect Switzerland quote right there. But if you look at any news article, they're probably going to talk about someone big in the film industry who hates this idea. And it... It is kind of a really bad thing, not kind of, it is a really bad thing for theaters because as we should all know, theaters don't make their money off movie tickets. They make their money off the snacks you buy. 100% of the proceeds from the movie ticket goes back to the company, goes back to the movie company, which is why even though, let's be honest, We also sneak snacks into a theater because they're expensive, but my wife and I always make sure to buy something. Usually a soda, sometimes I get popcorn too, or some snack there. Uh, A lot of our local theaters also serve alcohol. So once in a while, I'll get a beer. So even though I sneak snacks in, I do make a purchase. I do support the theater. But this new move is taking all of that possible support away because if you're sitting on your ass at home, watching the film, you are not buying snacks from a theater. But anyway, um, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. So just let me know just by hitting me up on one of the social medias like Twitter or Instagram or emailing me at billionreviews at gmail.com. Just let me know. In other news, this, let me click a few things, coming to us from the playlist, Black Adam has officially added another cast member. So, so far, we know that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is playing Black Adam. We know that Aldous Hodge is playing Hawkman, aka Carter Hall. And we know that Noah Sentino is playing Adam Smasher. But now we know that Quintessa Swindell is playing Cyclone. Cyclone is a granddaughter of the Red Tornado. Because what you should know about this is that Black Adam is a bad guy. I know in some comic books and some lore, some versions of him, he started out as a hero and turned bad. Some he was already bad and always bad. But he's the opposite of Shazam. So Black Adam is getting his own intro movie. And a lot of people, including me, are thinking they're giving him his own intro movie separate of Shazam so the two can meet in their own movie. But it looks like Black Adam is either going to be part of or the villain to the Justice Society of America. Though if you look at the premise on IMDb, it says Plot Unknown, a spinoff from Shazam centering on the film's anti-hero, Black Adam. So it looks like this is going less of a, assuming that this is going less of a full bad guy, Black Adam route, and maybe he will slowly go dark side. Well, my future friends, this next story comes to us from Variety, and this is regarding the She's All That gender-swapped remake He's all that. If you do not remember, this is uh, she's all that was the movie from 1999, starring Rachel Lee Cook, Freddie Prinze Jr., Matthew Lillard, the late Paul Walker, uh, Kevin Pollak, Anna Paquin, Kieran Culkin, Usher, Lil Kim, Gabrielle Union. F- there are a lot of people in this. Clea DuVall, and even though it came in the late 90s, is a very typical 90s 90s romance uh, because we had this nerdy girl. And this popular guy's like, oh, hey, I bet I can, you know, turn her into a, I don't know, f-ing princess or some shit. And then you see the nerdy girl and she's obviously someone very beautiful, but they just put a oversized baggy sweater on her and then and maybe have a toddler do her ponytail for her and go, oh, look how ugly. Oh, my God, look, she's beautiful. The beauty's in you the whole time. Was it in you the whole time? Were you just Rachel Lee Cook the whole time? Who knows? But he's all that gender swapped. And we know that the cast so far jeez i don't know any of these f-ing people um well the cast has been updated let's see what they say tiktok star addison ray god i'm so torn on that like i if you remember just a few months back i was mentioning on the show that i don't get tiktok i do not get it and now i love it because i have found a bunch of people who talk about movies a bunch of people who talk about books and cats and all kinds of great things so me who was originally oh tiktok's just a bunch of teens dancing doing stupid little dances has changed his tone on that but i'm still not sure about this because i don't know who, i don't know who addison ray is okay she's just another dancing teenager and uh, nothing wrong with that if that's your thing or if you have kids and they love it that's you know that's great it's a positive thing but i just want to know what made the people behind this film look at her and look at these little like half dances she's doing and going oh her she's basically doing the opposite of river dance on this social media platform so yeah this should be great all right my future friends next up we have another story from variety warner brothers has shifted the release date of three different movies the first is mortal Kombat, another live action adaptation of the of the movie (laughs) of the popular game was originally set for january 15th but is now coming out april 16th reminiscence A Hugh Jackman sci-fi drama is um, completely removed from the (laughs) release calendar. It was set for mid-April. And Tom and Jerry, yes, that god-awful train wreck, is coming out March 5th instead of February 26th. Because what a difference a week makes. I mean, to be fair, a week can make a difference with a movie. Just because who knows what other studio moved something around that time. And maybe Warner Brothers was was like, hey, no one's going to want to watch this sh**. So maybe we should move it away from this other bigger film. And our next story, folks, is about the passing of author John Le Car. I think that's how you say it. Um, he was born in 1931, but died December 12th at the age of 89. And you know him because you know his movies. Even if you have never read a book of his, you know the movies. You know The Constant Gardener, The Tailor of Panama, The Night Manager, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy... Our kind of traitor, really known for political thrillers, Uh, he passed away again at the age of 89. If you watched the last episode of Saturday Night Live, which I still haven't, but I do know that at the curtain call, Timothy Chalamet wore a hoodie that had the Legendary Pictures emblem on it, which many think was his way of showing support of Legendary Pictures, who is now suing Warner Brothers because of their decision to release Dune in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, this next story comes to us from quite a few places, but the story I read it from was the U.S. Sun, but there have been rumors spreading from quite a few sources that Brie Larson was fired from Captain Marvel. No, no, she hasn't. In fact, there have been a number of rumors spreading about her, A, that she was fired, B, that she's hard to get along with, C, that she caused trouble among the Avengers cast, and apparently none of those things have any basis in reality as far as we know. And the final story, my future friends, not from any particular source, just that if you've heard that Letitia Wright is no longer going to play a big prominent role in the upcoming Black Panther movie, and instead that they're going to recast T'Challa anyway, that is false. That was probably just a response to Letitia Wright's retweet of an anti-vax tweet. But of course, now that I've had time to think about it, it wouldn't make sense for them to punish Letitia Wright for that when they didn't punish Yi Fei Liu for speaking out pro-China, anti-Hong Kong uh, when all that drama was going on. Well, anyway, my future friends, let us take our first break as we hear word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. And don't forget, new episode out. Check it. We'll be right back.
1: Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd
0: culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream
1: it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.
0: All right, my future friends, we are back with everyone's favorite segment. The Trailer Trove Avast and welcome to the Trailer Trove Alright my friends, let us start with the first trailer of the week Which was for the very excellent Mr. Dundee Yes, this is about that Dundee This is about... Basically Paul Hogan wants to remind the world he's not dead And he goes on to do so, but keeps screwing it up somehow this is a star-studded movie with people like, besides the great Paul Hogan, Chevy Chase, Luke Hemsworth, Reginald Vell Johnson, John Cleese, Wayne Knight, Olivia Newton-John, just to name a few. And this looks okay, it it looks okay. But it doesn't look good enough for me to pay for, because right now, you can watch this movie right now on Amazon Prime, Google Play, or YouTube for $6.99. I mean, even considering that if my wi- wife and I watched this, That $6.99 you can in theory split in two, so $3.99 a person, or $3.50 a person, eh, I'm still not sold on it. Maybe one day I'll watch this if it comes to free streaming, but it also doesn't look terrible. Check the trailer out, maybe this is a new movie for you to watch. Alright my future friends, next up we have the trailer for a movie called Shadow in the Cloud. This is set to come out in February of next year, and it's about a female World War II pilot traveling with a top-secret document on a B-17 flying fortress, and she encounters an evil presence on board the flight. And as far as I can tell from the trailer, the evil presence isn't on the plane, it's these monsters that are attacking the plane. So this is a, a action-horror war drama starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Nick Robinson. And this looks like an interesting mix of cheesy action film and something that has a lot of promise so who knows when this comes out in February maybe we'll check it out and maybe you'll check it out and then tell me what you think we'll see alright my future friends next up we have the trailer for an indie horror movie called The Vigil set to come out February 26th, and I'm pretty down for this. This is about a man providing overnight watch to a deceased member of his former Orthodox Jewish community, and he finds himself opposite a malevolent entity. Because in the Jewish tradition, I'm not sure if this is Orthodox Jewish or all Jewish, because guess what? I'm not Jewish, so I don't know the traditions, but what this movie's trailer said was that it is Standard practice for someone to stay with the body overnight to protect it from evil. So this guy is doing it. This guy named uh, Yakov Ronin is doing it and scary shit starts to happen. And this looks like the type of indie horror that would actually be good because we know that there are those types that just try too hard to be artsy. And I don't think this is that type. This looks like one of the better ones. Yay for us. And my future friends, the next movie I'm so, so excited for. It comes straight to Netflix December 23rd. So I guarantee you it's going to be one of the first movies we talk about when the show goes back to normal after the new year. You know, that is COVID normal. And that is called The Midnight Sky. This is directed and starring George Clooney. Also has Felicity Jones, David Oyelowo, Damian Bachir, and Kyle Chandler. Oh, and Tiffany Boone. I'm sorry, Tiffany Boone. I skipped over your name, but this is a fantastic cast and it's a great idea. This is a post-apocalyptic tale who follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic, as he races to stop Sully and her fellow astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. This is based on a book I'll now have to read called Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. So basically, we have these people, these astronauts, who were sent on this mission, and they're returning home after a long time, but they have lost contact with Earth. We have this guy who's on Earth, who's somehow getting their signals, but can't reach back out to them, and he knows that he has to stop them. Because maybe if they don't come straight back to land, maybe there'll be some hope. Who knows? This looks, this looks fantastic. I love sci-fi and a good post-apocalyptic dark sci-fi. I think this has all the promise. Comes out December 23rd, once again, on Netflix. And my future friends, we have a final movie for the trailer trove. And, and I know that a lot of Disney news has come out uh, regarding Marvel and Star Wars. And with that are a bunch of trailers. And I want to save that for the next episode which would be the first one of the year so that way it's more of a looking forward thing so no you don't have to worry that i missed it i know they're there i've seen them and i'm going to talk about them in two weeks but for now our final trailer is for a movie coming out on netflix on january 15th that looks really good called outside the wire it's a urban sci-fi action movie starring anthony mackie who we all know from the Marvel Universe, Damson Idris from the show Snowfall and from an episode of Black Mirror, Emily Beecham from Into the Badlands, and Michael Kelly from, let's see, Dawn of the Dead, Chronicle, Everest, Man of Steel. He's been in a lot of stuff. And this is about a drone pilot teaming up with an android officer to lucate, lucate, <laughs> they're going to locate something. Okay, they, they're going to locate, <laughs> locate a doomsday device in a deadly militarized zone. So when I call this an urban sci-fi uh, action movie, that's what I meant by urban. It's just like urban fantasy, uh, the book genre, this takes place in our world. And a modern our world, not a futuristic one. Well, I guess it's futuristic, because guess what? We don't have... Uh, we don't have cyborgs but Anthony Mackie kicking ass this looks very entertaining coming on July 15th at about two hour runtime on a service y'all already have check this out well my future friends let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the nerds of the squared circle podcast please stay tuned nerds of the squared circle on somewhat nerdy.com nerds of the squared circle on somewhat nerdy.com nerds of the squared circle on somewhat nerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds in the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Somewhatnerdy.com's Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, we are back. So we're back with the movies coming out on video on demand or streaming. And remember, I'm not going to give this the full talk like I would on the non-COVID show. I'm just going to tell you the movie. I'm adding rating and runtime, what it's about and who's in it. So first we have Breaking Surface. This is going to be video on demand. Uh, It's no rating thus far and it's 82 minutes long. This is about a winter driving trip in Norway Turns into a desperate race against time for two sisters when one of them becomes trapped at the bottom of the ocean by falling rocks. And I f-ing hate movies where someone's going to drown. Where you have that fear, because it's one of my biggest fears. And uh, I'll probably never watch this. Nothing against uh, Moa Gamel and Madeline Martin. This is a Swedish movie, so... That's why I didn't list what they're from. Next up, we have another VOD movie, Sister of the Groom, rated R, coming in at 92 minutes. Audrey attempts to stop her brother from marrying a young French woman during their rescheduled wedding weekend in the Hamptons, which happens to be the same weekend she turns 40. Sister-in-law's to-be from two very different cultures and stages of life, clash and struggle to connect and get along. Because of this tension, Audrey loses control and attempts to undermine the wedding, only to realize she can't stand in the way of true love. This stars Alicia Silverstone from Blast from the Past, Tom Everett Scott from That Thing You Do, and Mathilde Oliver-Olivier. or I am so bad at pronouncing French. Uh, French <laughs> at uh, Pronouncing French words it's, and names. It's ridiculous. Next up is Greenland, a movie that got its final trailer this week. It looks pretty dope. This is a PG-13 movie clocking in at 119 minutes. This is about a family that struggles for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. Basically, a huge asteroid comes out of nowhere, which how the f*** did NASA not see that coming? Or, you know, amateur uh, astronomers? Come on. Anyway, they... No, because the world tells them the only hope for survival is to get to these bunkers, these huge underground bunkers in Greenland. And not everyone would be let in, so this family goes, I know, for some reason we'll be let in. And so they go and try to get in. The stars Gerard Butler from The 300, Morena Baccarin from Serenity, and Scott Glenn from Backdraft. Next up, we have Skylines, which is the third movie in a trilogy I never thought would happen. The first movie called Skyline came out in 2010 starring uh, Eric Belafor, Donald Faison, Scotty Thompson. Is that a name people know? Maybe. And then seven years later, we had Beyond Skyline, and that one starred Frank Grillo. So this one, the third movie, this is rated R, comes in at 110 minutes, when a virus threatens to turn the now Earth-dwelling friendly alien hybrids against humans. Captain Rose Corley must lead a team of elite mercenaries on a mission to the alien world in order to save what's left of humanity. This stars Lindsay Morgan from The 100, Rona Mitra from The Last Ship, and Alexander Siddig from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And folks, next up we have the dumbest movie that I kind of want to see because it looks so purposefully dumb. This is called The Intergalactic Adventures of Max Cloud, this, uh, all, all these movies so far are have been video on demand, no Hulu, Netflix, or Disney Plus yet. So far not rated, and I can't find a runtime anywhere, which says a lot. That, that's a good sign that it's coming out this week, and I can't, can't find out shit about it. But this is about a space cruiser that crashes on a planet that is home to an intergalactic prison. But in the real world, a young girl is playing a video game called Max Cloud, and her father takes the game away because he's angry she's playing too much. She then sulks and wishes she could play games all day, every day, and the game hears her and sucks her in, so she must go on an adventure with Max Cloud with her friend Cowboy back home playing the game. Cowboy, who's an adult, and this girl, who's like clearly a child. So I'm I'm not even going to question that right now. I don't have time. But this stars Scott Atkins from Zero Dark Thirty, John Hanna from The Mummy, The Mummy series, all of them. Lashana Lynch from Captain Marvel. Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy. And Franz Drame from Attack the Block. And second to last new movie coming out, another VOD release called Breach. On the cusp of fatherhood, a junior mechanic aboard an interstellar arc to New Earth must outwit a malevolent cosmic terror intent on using the spaceship as a weapon. This stars Cody Kearsley. Lee whatever, from Riverdale, Bruce Willis from Moonlighting, and R- Rachel Nichols from G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. There's a lot of great new sci-fi stuff coming out. I- I- I'm so down with the new wave of sci-fi. And finally, my future friends, Netflix is getting a movie this week. Uh, they're getting a lot, but this is the only one that I found on my various lists. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, rated R, coming at 92 Minutes, Chicago. 1927. A recording session. Tension rise between Ma Rainey, her ambitious horn player, and the white management, determined to control the uncontrollable Mother of the Blues. This is based on a Pulitzer Prize-winning play by August Wilson, and it looks really good. This looks... Well, let me just tell you the main two people in it. The late, great Chadwick Boseman, from, of course, 42 and Black Panther, And Viola Davis from Fences. Right there. Boom. That's it. Also stars Coleman Domingo from Fear of the Walking Dead. So we have a wonderfully diverse movie. We have it free to watch on Netflix. We have it being based on a Pulitzer Prize winning play. There's no reason not to watch this. Uh, This will be a movie I talk about on the show in the next year. I promise. Well, my future friends, it is time to jump into the movies that we are supposed to watch for this week. Remember, we're not doing Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby, and instead we're doing Godmothered and Noel, both on Disney Plus. So let's start with Godmothered. This is rated PG, comes in at 110 minutes. This is about a young and unskilled fairy godmother who ventures on her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request For help was ignored. This stars Jillian Bell from 22 Jump Street, Isla Fisher from Wedding Crashers, June Squibb from About Schmidt, Jane Curtin from Third Rock from the Sun, and Mary Elizabeth Ellis from The Santa Clarita Diet. So, all you really have to do for this movie is watch a trailer, because the trailer gives you a really, really good idea for how the movie's gonna go. If you watch a trailer and you go, wow, this looks stupid, probably skip it then. Like, even though, even if you get Disney Plus, And you don't have to pay extra for this even then skip it but if you laughed at all if you smiled at all if you thought this looked at all good i would totally check it out i enjoyed it i like jillian bell she is funny she has wonderful comedic timing she can play all kinds of different roles like her role in 22 jump street huge bitch, obviously evil same thing goes for office christmas party and then this she's just so sweet and helpful and nice and what i liked about the movie is that they didn't go for the fat jokes, because Jillian Bell may not be fat, but she's also not classically Hollywood skinny. Hell, she was in a movie about a person her size getting healthier and running a marathon. Of course, called Britney Runs a Marathon. But by Hollywood's unreasonable standards, she is not thin. And because of that, I am glad that there weren't fat jokes in this, that they didn't go for the low-hanging fruit and the... Just body negative attacks that you would normally see in something like this. Hell, Ann and I uh, watched four Christmases with with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. I mean, it had a hell of a lot more people in it too. Also had Robert Duvall, Sissy Spacek, John Voight, John Favreau, Mary Steenburgen, Chris Enchenoweth. But anyway, we were watching that, and we and we were surprised at how many times they made fat jokes towards Vince Vaughn, towards Vince Vaughn. I mean, he's he's never been a sex idol, but he is not a fat man. If I got to be his size in my life, I would go, Fuck yeah, I mean, I don't have a six pack, but look at me. So it was good watching a movie like Four Christmases and then watching something like Godmothered where they didn't have that same problem. And Godmothered was also a very good family movie. And that is what Disney does really well. This wasn't outstanding in any way. It didn't blow my mind. As a Christmas movie, it was just kind of okay, too. It didn't really hit me over the head with the Christmas spirit, though at the end, that is really where it hit home. So this really is more of a year-round movie. Uh, So if you miss it over the holiday season, you don't have to wait. You can watch it anytime it's a fun film a good cast and the two young women that played the daughters that played isla fisher's daughters willis sky and jillian shay spader i'm not familiar with i've never seen anything with them before but they were good because we all know with with kids in a movie especially disney movies it is very risky it can be very very corny we know this but luckily uh, Willis Sky's Mia the the smallest of the children she wasn't cringy she wasn't an overacting mess she was really good and Jillian Spader's Jane who was the angsty teen she did it well I never once wanted to punch her in the face which is usually a good sign for a teenager not being a terrible character in a movie because especially for children it's so easy for a a child's character in a movie to fall into a very easily, very recognizable trope. Luckily they avoided that. And all in all, this was a fine movie. uh, Isla Fisher's Mackenzie was okay, and the love interest, uh, Hugh, played by Santiago Cabrera, he was good too. But it's really Gillian Bell that sells this movie. And the thing is, we know these jokes. We're very familiar with jokes like these because this is a typical movie where we have someone that's not from the area. You know, she's from a magical land, but she could also equally be a time traveler, or she could be someone who lived like uh, Kimmy Schmidt, who lived in a bunker for so many years. Or someone from a from some country that just doesn't have technology who comes here and is just like, what are all these things? Like an elf with Will Ferrell saying the yellow ones don't stop talking about taxis. It's those same type of jokes, but they never once felt lazy. Even though some of them have been done before and a lot of the jokes were very familiar, it never felt lazy. I think this is a solid film. I don't think this is a yearly rewatch for me. I watched it. I liked it. Maybe a couple of years in the future watch it again but if you have kids if you have kids and you haven't seen this yet check it out this is a perfect movie for a family because there's enough for a kid to enjoy and it's smart enough for an adult to enjoy it too so there's humor that that people of all ages can enjoy and it doesn't have to rely on sly dirty jokes like some movies do i mean let's be honest there are a couple but not not as not as many as you think disney did a good job with this one I think it's one of their better Disney originals that went straight to Disney+. Plus. Though, I was left with quite a few questions like, why does Eleanor, the fairy godmother, never change out of her goddamn dress? So look, if you want to watch a fun family film that's corny, but not overly so, that's familiar but not tired, then you check out Godmothered. Godmothered gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my future friends, time for our next break, and then we'll come back with the final movie. So please stay tuned as we hear a word from our friends at The Watch Your Mouth Podcast, which just finally wrapped up their semester. So check that out. Stay tuned.
1: There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at The Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall to wall, filthy fing language. Go
0: to a grocery store, I'm like I know exactly what I need, I get in there and like Fuck. Yeah <laughs> did I even
1: come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The
0: motherfucker's a mouth breather.
1: Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of... Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, all that f- f- a f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: All right, everyone, welcome back. It is time to talk about Noel, also on Disney+. This had come out last year, and I don't think it got the love it deserved because this was fantastic. This is rated G, comes in at 100 minutes, and it's about Santa's son, Nick, who is supposed to inherit the family business, but the week before Christmas, he gets cold feet and runs. It's up to his sister, Noel to find him. And just a quick reminder, technically, these episodes where I talk about movies I've seen aren't spoiler-free. I know I didn't really ruin anything anything for Godmothered, but I am going to ruin things for Noel. So this is your spoiler warning right now. This stars, uh, oh, I didn't say who it stars. Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect, Shirley MacLaine from Steel Magnolias, Bill Hader from Barry, Kingsley Ben Bendadir from High Fidelity, the TV show, Julie Haggerty from Airplane, Billy Eichner from American Horror Story or Parks and Rec, Diana Maria Riva from Dead to Me, and Maceo Smedley from All About the Washingtons. I really liked this film. I did. I think it's going to be a yearly rewatch. Anna Kendrick is great. Anna Kendrick can sell a movie. Anna Kendrick is all the movie needs. This was written and directed by Mark Lawrence, who you would know as a writer for movies like *Miscongeniality*, Music and Lyrics, Two Weeks Notice, Did You Hear About The Morgans? So he knows his way around a lighthearted comedy. But I'm pretty sure this was his first G-rated Disney holiday film. And I'm really impressed with how this movie managed to tackle some pretty important issues while staying wholesome while not soapboxing and also holding on to its G rating. So we have Noelle. She dreams of great things, but her father, Santa Claus, says, well, ho, ho, no, guess what? Your brother's going to be Santa. You can just do your thing and make cards and keep his Christmas spirit high. Fast forward years later, Santa has passed away, and it is now time for Nick Kringle to take over. But he sucks. He doesn't get it. He can't just look at someone and know if they're naughty or nice he can't speak multiple languages at the drop of a hat there's so much about it that he doesn't get so his sister goes hey christmas is coming up in a week so why don't you just take a couple days off come back with a clear head so instead of a couple days off he just leaves so she goes to find him and finds out that he went to vacation hotspot phoenix arizona all right so she goes after him And then the elder council back at the North Pole goes, Well, okay, he's gone. Nick's gone. Noelle's gone. She couldn't have been Santa anyway. F*** her. So we have the next male in line is their cousin. Their cousin, Gabriel, who works in the tech department. They make him Santa, and he goes kind of nuts. Like, think of the robot Santa Claus in the Santa Claus 2, where he goes over the top with Naughty or Nice. But with him, it's because he's looking for all of these high tech shortcuts for things. And because of this program he wrote, there's only 2000 something good kids in the world. The rest of the kids in the world get emails saying, no, this is why you didn't get picked. Better luck next year. And so time's running out. So Noelle has to hurry and find her brother. All the while she's learning that she has what it takes. She can speak multiple languages, which she learns when she sees this um, when she meets this deaf child, and she can automatically sign with the kid. And then she automatically speaks Spanish or French or a bunch of other languages too. She inherently knows if people are good or naughty, and she can fly the sleigh without crashing, which is something her brother struggles to do. So as she's searching for her brother, Noelle's finding out more and more about herself. So this movie is kind of tackling gender roles. Not in the greater sense, but at least in jobs as well. well. hey, typically this job is done by a man and a man should do it. Well, why can't she? She's just as able. There's no reason she can't. And this movie also very lightly, but it also deals with children of divorce because Noelle meets this man, this private detective named Jake who tries to help her even though she has no money but she also meets Jake's son Alex whose dream Christmas wish is to spend Christmas with his father and mother together even though they've been separated and this movie does take a stance on it because we have uh, we we have Jake after Noel takes him there actually going to his ex-wife's house to spend Christmas with his son because look I know there are extreme cases out there uh, there's abusive relationships there's there's a lot of bad shit out there but this example there was no bad they just didn't get along they they didn't love each other anymore so they got a divorce that kind of you can put aside for your kid you can at least pretend to like each other for a day for christmas then as your kids get older then they'll learn more of the intricacies of human relationships and then they'll understand when dad or mom isn't there for christmas but i liked that this movie moved forward with this family First idea, without alienating people without soapboxing too hard, it was a it was a very pure moment, and it just gave an example. So even though this movie takes place in Phoenix, it's very Christmassy. Uh, it never lets you forget it's Christmas because basically Noelle is always dressed super Christmassy, even when it's really hot and she's dying. And this movie too, just like Godmothered, has those easy but fun jokes of someone who's way out of touch with modern world because she lives out in the North Pole and she doesn't know all of these things. She doesn't know how the real world works. And I think it's a good sign, at least for Disney, that I watched these two movies really close to each other and I didn't. it didn't feel repetitive. And where Godmothered was a good movie to watch with your family, this is a great movie to watch with your family. It's a lot more positive. There's not a real bad guy. The closest thing is Gabriel Kringle who's just more of a douchebag he's not a bad person he's not an evil person he's not trying to ruin christmas for everyone he just doesn't get it but then luckily noel finds her brother he's not interested but then he comes for her anyway and they go back to the north pole and he talks in front of the council and goes look we do have a santa the greatest person for santa it's her and then everyone goes what a woman santa we can't have this this is a man's wait a minute maybe we can maybe there's nothing in the rules that says a woman can't be santa and maybe even if there was maybe we say f the rules up the a maybe she's been the right one the whole time and we were too stuck with our traditions to notice it so we have another good lesson in this g-rated kids movie that was very purely delivered it was very wholesomely delivered and I think this film is a perfect example, a perfect example of how a movie can be made for all ages, can be truly rated G, and not lose anything. The only thing I can even really think of as a complaint is that the ending was predictable, but oh no, you predicted the very obvious ending. Good for you. Good for me. I, I deserve a pat on the back. But let's be honest, this isn't the kind of movie you go to to be surprised. You go because you know it's going to have this happy, Christmas-filled ending that's just going to fill you with the spirit. That's exactly what this movie is. And it's helmed by, I think, the perfect person to do this. Anna Kendrick was the perfect person for this role. There is no one else, no one else that I would like to see in this role besides Anna Kendrick. She can do something raunchy like Mike and Dave Needs Wedding Dates. She can do something violent and action-packed like The Accountant or Mr. Right. And she can do something like this. Noelle should be, and it has the potential to become a sleeper elf, in the sense that Elf is now a huge Christmas movie. It's considered a classic by so many people. It is a monumental movie and i think noel can take that spot too but i think the fact that it went straight to disney plus while disney plus was still newish i think that's what stopped it so please if you like christmas movies if you like family comedies check this out it was a great movie a great movie to watch every year for christmas a great movie to own even if you get Disney Plus, why not own it too? Why not have it on your shelf? Noel has made it on my list of new yearly rewatches, and I hope it makes yours too. Noel gets a 10 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that is it for this part of the episode. Let us take our final break as we hear word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. And remember, they do a monthly book club, so check them out and read along with them. But stay tuned for the question of the week. And um, you know what? maybe even the movies for a few weeks from now come on back
1: hi i'm lisa and i'm robbie and we host a show called we're We're doing doing fine. fine we're friends from across the ocean i'm from scotland and i'm from california join us every week as we chat about biscuits you mean cookies brexit whatever's going on here who knows almost dying why we're single popular culture and basically
0: everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're We're doing fine fine. all right everyone welcome back we had a question for last week and that question was which christmas movie do you think could stand a remake not a reboot a full-on remake Oh, we didn't get any answers outside of the family. So once again, if you want to answer this question later, at any time, answer it. Just, you know, if you're answering an older question, remind me of what the question was, please. But for Anne's answer, she says, jingle all the way. And do keep in mind, we both love jingle all the way. Watch it every year. But I really like her idea. So instead of Arnold, it's Kate McKinnon, the person she's fighting. Instead of Simbad, it's Leslie Jones. So Kate McKinnon versus Leslie Jones. Fantastic. Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Kate McKinnon's wife. The kid that plays Graham from Single Parents is their kid. Anna Kendrick is the neighbor. Terry Crews and Andy Samberg are Santa and the elf, you know, the ones that take them to that seedy warehouse where they make uh, fake toys and everything. And then Dan Levy is in there somewhere, maybe the diner owner. Because when she first said Jingle All the Way, I thought, really? And then she started telling me who she had in mind for it. And it's a really good idea. And what I don't think people remember about remakes and reboots is you can still love the original. Let's say they did remake a movie you loved or rebooted a movie you loved, and it was terrible. Okay, the original's still there. It didn't ruin it for you. If you didn't like the new Ghostbusters, the original two are still there. I happen to like it. Something new coming out doesn't erase the old one. And as for my answer, this is gonna be a little um a little controversial, but I think I've said this before. I hate a Christmas story. It is a Stupid movie. It is pointless. It is poorly acted. It has abhorrent pacing. And all of the kids in it seem like they suffer from some sort of mental illness. Like they're all a little autistic. Like, rewatch the movie. Just watch how stupid stupid these kids are how they rarely react give any sort of emotional reaction to things how often especially the little brother just stands there and falls over and doesn't move i mean the bare bones of it is a sweet idea we have this kid who really wants a bb gun his parents don't want him to have one because it's dangerous but he really really wants it And he's going to go to any lengths to get it, even asking Santa for it. But it doesn't translate well. And I don't know why this is so popular, because it was such a poorly made movie. If you take that f***ing lamp out of the movie, if you take that f***ing leg lamp out of the entire film, nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's the very example of why Chekhov's gun is important. And let's turn to our good friend Google. Chekhov's gun is a dramatic principle that states that every element in a story must be necessary and irrelevant uh, irrelevant elements should be removed. The lamp and that whole story of the lamp and how, how they got it and how it broke is irrelevant to the movie as a whole. At the end of the film, it doesn't matter. A Christmas Story is an awful movie that lives on in people's hearts only because of the nostalgia only because of nostalgia. It doesn't hold up on any other leg. You know why? Because a leg broke. So I would love to see this remade. New cast. I mean, nothing against Peter Billingsley. I liked him in Elf. I mean, nothing against the actors. I just don't think they had anything good to work with. So new cast, modernize it. Hell, don't even modernize it. Still have it take, take place back then in the uh in the 40s but i think like someone like disney would do a reboot or a remake of this so i think they would get someone who can write a better script and not have such stupid characters throughout the whole thing so if they remade a christmas story i guarantee you i would like it better than the original so my future friends that is it for this episode let's wrap it up with a new question of the week And then I will give you, you know, I will give you the movies for the episode after the new year because I already know what we're watching. So the new question of the week is, out of all the movies you've seen this year, what was your favorite? This doesn't have to be a movie you saw in theaters. It can be a movie you watched at home. But what was your favorite movie you watched this year? And let me tell you my plan for episode 191 because episode 190 is going to be the first one of the year 191 we're going to go back to the covid style show and i think the movies we're going to talk about are the prom which comes which already came out and ann and i are going to watch it christmas day and i'm thinking midnight sky i'm thinking midnight sky because we do want to watch wonder woman 1984 like really soon but i'll just give a spoiler free review of that later So I'm thinking, and I'll tell you in the next episode if this changes, I'm thinking The Prom and Midnight Sky, both Netflix originals. So my future friends, thank you for tuning in once again. This has been episode 189 of Future Flicks with Billiam, entitled Just Say Noel. We'll be back in two weeks, the week of the first, and so let's jump into that closing housekeeping you can find me on apple podcasts soundcloud spotify stitcher google play and any podcast app as well as the somewhat nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com. i would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating i would love five stars please and also share the podcast share with your friends that is how we grow here on the show and then how do you reach me that is a great question You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com and please consider supporting the show on patreon you can find a link in the show notes and also on the somewhat nerdy site be sure to check out the other shows in the network somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle don't forget to support the friends of the show you've heard their ads tonight please check out my personal blog billiamthenerd.com and then finally my dear friends My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.